Welcome, folks, to Episode 8 of the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is a spoiler podcast. I'll be talking about the stories uh, that I discuss in some depth and some detail. So, heads up to everyone tuning in for the first time, and those of you that have been uh, walking this journey with me as I discuss Usagi's journey, uh, you already are aware of how in-depth I may or may not get. Uh, Nothing really by way of any uh, corrections or feedback or anything like that this episode, so heading right into it, uh, we're going to be talking about the story The Blind Sword Pig first appeared in Critters Volume 1, Issue 7, January 1987 issue, uh, put out by Fantagraphics. Mainly two characters in this story, uh, Miyamoto Usagi, our protagonist, and Zato Ino, who uh, will uh, turn out to be our antagonist, but not initially. The story opens with um, a a character unknown at this time, but we we quickly find out that he is uh, Ino, walking into a village, tapping as he goes along. The initial panels in is is in uh, black so we can't really tell anything about him other than he's using mm, perhaps a cane. But then uh, in the next panel we see that his eyes are closed. Uh, He's uh, sniffing, uh, smelling to find his way through. He's gathering what information he can from the, the odors of the village and then one of the villagers refers to him as uh, Blind Eno. So we, we then find out that he's not walking with a cane per se, but uses the cane because he's blind. So he uh, he undoubtedly will be the blind uh, sword pig of the story's title. As he enters the village and the villagers uh, recognize him, they start um, becoming aggressive towards him. Um, he's an outlaw. He's a wanted outlaw at that. And they recognize him. Scene cuts to another um, black scale or almost shadow drawing of Usagi approaching a village and um, there are some similarities with the village leading you to believe it's the same village uh, some some differences some things are missing and as, as Usagi walks into the village he sees the villagers uh, r- running around um, dragging uh, injured uh, injured under collapsed structures, like some sort of uh, catastrophe has has struck the village. He finally manages to stop one of the villagers and asks, "What's going on? Was it was it an an invading army, um, or an earthquake, or brigands?" And each time the answer is no. Uh, finally, the villager he's speaking to indicates it was Eno, the outlaw, and Usagi is taken back that. Um, you know, he named one person, so one person did this this destruction, and the villagers, uh, the villager uh, describes him in, in such a manner that, uh, of course, this is the type of beast that would destroy a whole village. Um, we know from seeing Eno that he's not quite as the villager made him out to be, but he has caused quite a bit of destruction and has uh, terrified these villagers quite a bit. So he did manage to do that regardless of, of his physical stature. Usagi uh, decides that he needs to try to uh, 
um, bring Eno in for his crimes against this village. He knows nothing else of the man, but realizes that he's probably Eno's probably had too big a jump on him. Uh, he goes out searching anyways, and uh, excuse me, he doesn't go out searching. He continues his journey rather, and as he's walking, he walks. Uh, up to a, a, a pit in the road, uh, in the path. Can't really tell if it was natural or man-made, but either way, uh, Eno has found his way into it. He asks for help. Um, Usagi helps extract him from the hole and realizes that he's blind, offers his name as Mayamoto Usagi, and the... Um, pig indicates that he is a zato, uh, a blind masseur, a masseuse, I guess, a masseur, a masseuse. Uh, zato being our, uh, the, the word offered to us in, in this story by Mr. Sakai for our growing list of vocabulary words. And, uh, Eno says that, uh, you know, he, he's not bound anywhere in particular, as per Usagi's question, asks where he was he was going. And uh, Eno just says, well, you know, he's just, he, he's a, a masseuse, and he goes where his profession will lead him. Usagi indicates, well, you know, if we're traveling in the same direction, we can travel together, keep each other company. So they do, and uh, they're talking telling each other about themselves and Eno tells Usagi that you know he uses his nose um, to see with basically he can uh, determine small things uh, from the sense of smell that he has he has honed uh, and he uses this as an example this ginkgo leaf that has fallen and he points over his shoulder and Usagi says uh, you know wow that's really cool except there's two leaves and uh, Eno says, well, you know, sometimes my, uh, my own smell bothers me. I, I haven't bathed in a little while. A little bit of joke there. So they're, um, they continue to talk, decide to uh, stop for the evening. They go looking for food. Usagi goes down to the body of water that's nearby. I'm guessing that it's probably a river. And he has uh, grabbed a fish, and as he's leaving the stream, he steps on a rock, but the rock turns out to be a turtle. So when it is startled and moves, it throws Usagi off balance, causing him to fall back into the river and lose the fish that he he had captured. But he gathers up the turtle and takes it back to where they're camping, uh, shows Zato you know, that he caught something for dinner, and... Um, not Zato, excuse me, Eno. And Eno um, tells him, you know, job well done. We can uh, add it to what I have uh, caught. And, and uh, Eno caught several fish and several locusts. So their meal for the evening is uh, fish and locusts. Uh, Usagi deciding to spare the turtle because there's already enough food. Never, never capture more food than, than you'll be able to eat. And after dinner, um, Eno is talking to Usagi, and we find out, I believe, for the first time, 
that his current journey is leading him northward towards uh, the village where he was born. I believe that's the first time that that it's come up that that's where he's heading. Eno indicates that you know he's it's been so long since he's been to his village that there probably is no reason for him to go. And in the midst of his comments, he kind of starts and hesitates. He senses something, starts to unsheath uh, the the sword that is hidden in his cane, but decides not to and tells Usagi when asked, oh, it's it's nothing, just my, my own smell bothering me again. I, I really need to bathe. So again, that, that in-joke comes up. In the morning, Usagi awakens and, and sees that uh, Eno is gone, figures that, well, you know, he decided just to get a, a jump start on continuing his journey and didn't want to wake Usagi, so Usagi strikes his portion of camp and heads off and sees up ahead of him uh, a figure being attacked by um, a group of other samurai and as he gets closer he realizes that it's Eno who is being beset upon by three other samurai one appears to be a bull and one a bear of some sort looks like and Eno tells them, you know, I thought I smelled you guys last night. Bounty hunters have an unmistakable smell. And they proceed to to fight and, you know, quickly dispatches them. In the process, one of the samurai, um, these guys probably turn out to be bounty hunters, they drop the wanted poster for Eno. And it blows in the wind to Usagi's feet and he picks it up and sees, ah, so you are the outlaw Eno, the same outlaw that destroyed that village a day or so back. And he, you know, he's, Usagi's very, very upset. How could you, you know, do that to an innocent village, a group of innocents? And, and Eno tells him, you know, innocent nothing. They, they jumped on me. I was just looking for a place to, to rest finally, and, and they wouldn't let me rest. Usagi tells him, well, um, Zato Inu, you, you must be brought to justice. What you have done is wrong. I understand your reasons, perhaps, but what you've done is wrong. And Eno says, no, no, you won't, you won't take me in. You're being self-righteous, uh, Mr. Samurai, and, and, and I hate you for that. And what I hate, I kill. So they, uh, quarrel back and forth a bit talking about how you know Usagi thought that Eno was a friend and Eno said ah friends are just burdens and uh, one one last effort Usagi tells him that he doesn't want to have to kill him and Eno says well good then that'll make this easy they then rush each other and in the in the charging past uh, Eno misses, but Usagi cuts Eno's nose off, uh, effectively rendering him blind because that is that is the way he sees. And uh, Usagi sheaths his sword and says, "You know, I understand that you're incapacitated. Let's go back to the village now, where we can uh, get you some help and, and get you on the mend." And Eno says, "No, get away from me." I hate you, and what I hate, I kill. 
He says, I'll hunt you down, you know, some way, somehow, and I'll, I'll extract my revenge. Uh, a very uh, typical trope for this kind of engagement. When, you know, when one is left alive, he, he swears vengeance on the other. Uh, the final page is a scene two months later. We see Eno, um, none the worse for wear. He is talking to a, a woodcarver who's carving something on his bench. And Eno picks it up and ties it to his head, and we see that he has had the woodcarver fashion a wooden nose that he has tied to his head in place of the one that Usagi cut off. And he sniffs a little bit and then tries his sword hand on one of the tokagi that the woodcutter keeps as a pet. And he, find, he you know, uh, says, you know, cool, this this will work. This is excellent. I, I can see now. But why is everything pine-scented? Some items that I, I noted in the story, um, there was a reference to um, to the other um, long-standing comic book that Mr. Sakai works on grew when Usagi is leaving the village after having talked to the villagers. He mumbles to himself that this type of behavior reminds him of another mindless barbarian he's heard about. And Gru is, is a barbarian. I believe that um, Zato Ino is patterned after the Japanese movie and television character of Zatoichi, who is also a blind masseuse, uh, who in the late 60s, middle to late 60s through the late 70s, was... Uh, was very very popular in Japan. He made a series of movies, and um, uh, my research is lacking. I forgot to write the actor's name down. But he made a series of movies uh, based on this character, Zatoichi. Twenty-five or twenty-six movies, I believe, and it also spawned a television series of roughly a hundred or so episodes that ran for about four years on Japanese television also. The character uh, was was created in novels by Ken Shinomozawa and he was played by Shintaro Katsu uh, both the films and the television series. Now, recently, uh, within the last four or five years, there's been a new Zatoichi, Zatoichi movie made, but it it really doesn't bear a resemblance to its predecessor. It's a remake um, starring new and different people. Um, 2003 was, an, was when it came out, so it came out eight years ago. Nothing really came of the property after that. It, it didn't continue on as far as I can tell or anything like that. So apparently the, the modern sensibility perhaps isn't quite as taken by the Zatoichi character as 
um, our generation was earlier or perhaps our fathers and mothers were taken by the character and also I think worth mentioning is as I noted uh, is the fact that we we find out that Usagi has an immediate goal in his wanderings now this this being the eighth story of his wanderings and that is that he is going home to his his village so I'm assuming we can look forward to that coming up rather soon the uh, next story is indeed entitled Homecoming. Uh, I'll be talking about part one. It's a two-part story. Part one appeared in volume one, issue 10 of Critters, again by Fanagraphics, 1987. Yeah. So that's, that's what we have on tap for next episode. If you do want to get in touch with me, you can do so at usagipodcast at gmail.com. The website for the show is thereaderfeed.com. Um, I do post the shows, uh, a notice of the show when it's on the Reader Feed website on the Usagi fan page on Facebook. So that... Uh, you know, is having another another place. I posted on my feed, but also on my front page, excuse me. But I also posted there. And also, anybody that does download this from iTunes, please keep in mind that a uh, iTunes review is very beneficial to those looking for and having not found the show yet, and helps people find it. So I, I definitely would appreciate that in the future if you if you guys that listen would take a couple minutes uh, do want to thank everybody who uh, this is the first show uh, thank you for giving it a try hopefully I wasn't too boring hopefully it is a, a subject that you are moderately interested in and, and will be following those of you that have been listening um, thank you I hope that uh, I haven't turned you guys off yet not that I'm trying to mind you but I'm certainly sure that I have mannerisms that will turn some people off just as I have been turned off with podcasts that I listen to. So thank you very much for listening. do want to thank Mr. Steve Hubble. Um, his, his information uh, continues to be invaluable on Usagi and the Usagi universe. Thank Mr. Derek Coward, uh, the technical hands behind uh, the show and the posting of episodes and everything like that. He is the proprietor of the uh, Deliberate Noise slash Comic Book Noise Network, which hosts uh, the reader feed. I appreciate his help behind the scenes. That's uh, That should do it for this episode. Uh, thanks a lot, and you guys keep your, keep your ears perked up and, and keep wandering around until you find home as well. We'll talk to you again next time. This is a Teal Production.